get some insights on the news shaping the markets. And for that, we welcome in Kevin Gordon, Senior Investment Research Manager, Charles Schwab. Thank you so much for being with us on this Monday. It's unusual to see how we start out. Did you see it? I saw it, all four of them in the green, yeah. right? Um, we, we're just not seeing that over the last five weeks or so. Tell me your thoughts about the weekend and how it's shaping up. Uh, well, I think I'll focus on the Fed, yes. uh, rightfully so. We have key economic data we got with housing this morning, but for the Fed, um, you know, not just the decision on whether they're going to go 75 or 100 basis points, which, you know, at the end of the day, I'm not sure how much of a, you know, an argument we need to make around that. I don't know how much focus needs to actually be on the size. I think some of the other data we're going to get, like summary of economic projections, an update to their thinking. And then also, obviously, what we all look for always in a Fed meeting is what Powell says in the press conference. What's the focus going to be on where he sees sort of the neutral rate, whether policy looks restrictive right now? Obviously, some comments around what you know the, their take was on the CPI report from August, and then what they're looking at moving forward. Because as we've seen in between Fed meetings, there have been certain data points that the market's been keying off of, whether it's inflation right. expectations from University of Michigan or gasoline prices or some of the more core goods or core services components of inflation. So I think. Any focus on, you know, particular indicators from Powell himself, which he's, you know, pulled out from time to time over the past few meetings, that's probably going to be more of a focus. Yeah, and you know, someone asked today, you know, what's the difference between 75 basis points and a full percentage point? Well, you know, I want to say both are very big hikes. Yeah. They're a little out of the norm, right. but it means the difference. It makes a difference. It yeah. makes a difference in your mortgages or loans or anything, right? Yeah, I mean, I mean it's yeah, not 100 basis points is not it's not unsubstantial. Uh, but I think the more important right now is just the direction and the right. fact that the magnitude. You know, we're we're above 50, um, and I know that's not always going to be the clear differentiator because this is an aggressive cycle, one of the most aggressive we've seen in history. Mm -hmm. um, but I think it is the direction of policy, the fact that financial conditions probably have to continue to tighten, which you know now we're at the tightest since the pandemic erupted. But if you look at a long longer-term chart of financial conditions, uh, you know, they haven't blown out completely. So we still have room to go if the Fed is not feeling comfortable in their goals for both inflation but employment. And you can argue that for both, we're, we're not there yet. Because for inflation, yes, expectations are anchored, but the stickiness of some of the core parts of inflation, as we learned last week, it's taking right. longer for that to come down. And then on the employment side, claims have actually started to roll over again. We've reclaimed sort of half the spike that we've seen this year. And, you know, that's good from the employee's perspective, but right. not from the Fed's perspective. Not what the Fed's Still signals strong demand on the part of firms. Meantime, rates are creeping higher, yeah. right? I mean, you have the tenure at the highest level, in a, you know, since 2011, right? right? Um, I, I thought it was interesting. You know, you have the two-year pushing closer to 4%, the 30-year at 3.5%. What do you make of the of yields moving higher as stocks generally have been lower, which uh, we've often been seeing that correlation where stocks, by the way, are down four of the last five weeks, mm -hmm. folks, with the Dow about 3% up off the June low. So really not that far up off the low. Yeah. Go well, ahead. This, this is one of the negative themes that we've seen emerging this year. Um, and, you know, it hasn't been as persistent as what we saw in the 60s to the 90s, roughly, but it is that negative correlation between stock prices and bond yields. And when you have that dynamic. Uh, it's, you know, stocks are sort of falling for the wrong reasons, or, you know, if you want to flip it, yields are going up for the wrong reasons, mm -hmm. putting pressure on equities. So you lose that diversification hedge from a bond perspective. And that's what we've seen this year. And as you were pointing out specifically with the two-year yield, that's sort of the proxy that investors will maybe sometimes use for Fed policy and where it's going and the trajectory of it. 
And for most of this year, that yield has sort of been on a tear, hasn't really been interrupted at any point, mm -hmm. um, even though stocks at times have tried yeah. to rally and attempt to break from that, but the two years has been right the entire time. So that's why we'd fade any of the narratives associated with, you know, Fed's going to pause immediately, Fed's going to you know, reverse course immediately, switch from rate heights to rate cuts. Um, we just don't see that happening. And you can see that very clearly in, in the dynamic. Oh, of the yeah, that's not happening anytime yeah. soon. I mean, I think that I think some people were hoping for a pause. Yeah. I don't know why they thought that they were going to start cutting so fast. I, I don't see that happening. Yeah. I agree with you. Um, so we did get in. Um, we saw home builders, lower prices, sentiments falling for the ninth straight month. Yeah. Um, this, as home sales have been coming down, what are we thinking here? Well, uh, this is sort of, I, I point to that data point actually out of the NAHB from this morning to anybody who asks whether the Fed's policy is working. And it's, it's pretty clear in the housing market that it right. is. Because sentiment typically goes first. Then you start to see it move into sales, which we've also seen. So new home sales have been cut in half from their peak. And then it eventually creeps into prices, which we started to see just a little bit, but hasn't fully taken hold yet. But that sentiment component, um, if you don't get any, you know, sort of stop to the decline there, which you were saying nine straight months. Yeah. You know, we've yeah. declined every single month this year. That's the longest streak since the data goes back in 1985. Um, so the, the trend is firmly recessionary, even if the level is not yet at the lowest that we've ever seen. Um, but the, the sentiment component for home builders in particular is, is crucial, um, especially because of all the supply chain backlogs that we've seen. Uh, you know, the, the number of units under construction versus the number of units that have been completed, that mismatch, um, you know, that's going to be key to alleviating a lot of the inventory issue that we've had. So if you don't get that, you know, fix yeah. anytime soon, it's probably going to continue to weigh in the housing market. It's interesting because, I mean, regionally you'll still see a lot of competitive bids happening in yeah. certain areas like Palm Beach exactly. or, you know, New York or along the Sun Belt. But the big picture here is that sentiment is is beginning to wane, you know, people are starting to feel a little nervous. Um, home prices are coming down, but consumers too. When we yeah, talk about consumer sentiment, yeah, exactly. what do you think is going to happen now between now, September and the holidays? I mean, you know, I keep hearing, oh, you better tighten your belt, you better, if you, I mean, if you're living paycheck to paycheck, so be it. But if you have any room to save that you should start saving, yeah. recession, what do you think? Well, uh, you know, the saving, we really haven't seen much because the savings rate is still at its lowest going back a couple of decades. People are or, pulling or out of the money. Yeah, rivaling they, they with, still with the have, financial crisis. But here's the thing. I don't mean to interrupt you. Yeah, I'm sorry yeah, for please. that. But what I did think was interesting is we built all that wealth during the pandemic, right? A lot of that was fiscal stimulus. Sure. So household wealth or household savings was at a high point. Absolutely. People have been digging into that to pay for gasoline and food and all that. Yeah. And I don't see that as a great thing. I mean, to me, that makes me a little worried. Yeah. Maybe they feel so great they have a job or something. But I, I just get nervous when people start digging into the savings. But it's still not below pre-pandemic levels. Depends on which cohort you're looking at. Okay. For, the, for the lowest income cohort, the lowest wealth cohort, um, it is below. So, oh, okay. And that's the one that gets so hit by the... So that's my point. Exactly. So, and, and to your point, though, I mean, you know, the, okay. the collapse in savings combined with the increase that we've seen in credit card usage, um, that's been extremely worrisome. You know, we've yeah. sort of, if you look at overall, you know, non-revolving credit, um, outstanding, we've passed the pandemic level, but, it, you know, level is important, but also trend. We're at double-digit percentage growth rates for credit. Mm -hmm. And also taking into account that, you know, the, the buildup in a savings cushion doesn't need to be released completely. It doesn't need to go back into consumption. I don't know, I, that argument never really made sense to me because savings should always be looked at as a flow, month over month, 
not as much as a stock because not every household looks at it as a stock that needs to be completely depleted um, and put towards discretionary spending. So, it, you know, and in times of higher, hotter inflation like we have right now, as you move down the income and the wealth spectrum, they want to use more of that as a safety cushion and not as much as discretionary spending. So I think yeah. that's the that's the risk heading into holiday season and the fact that, you know, over the past year and a half, a lot of the good spending has already been satisfied for households. Um, and if they can't spend on services, now that services have become right, more expensive, that's a, thing, that's a right. risk too for overall consumption. And we've seen that for travel. Yeah. I mean, you try and buy an airline ticket, forget Still it. A lot. Um, very expensive. So, you know, my final thoughts are, can the if and when we really start to hit this rock bottom recession feeling. I wonder if it can be short lived at least so it won't be incredibly painful. This as we're watching profits for companies, right? Because yeah. we're hearing companies now warning, right? right. Like FedEx. Right. Yeah. So I mean, we have this environment that's a little bit worrisome. Yeah, that's gonna be the key is how much of it infects sort of the broader market because the, the stay at home trade, any everything that was goods oriented that benefited from the shutdown phase, mm -hmm. um, you know, those profits have rolled over considerably. They've even started, you know, with layoffs. Um, now as I mentioned right. earlier, claims have reversed lower, so that's good from the employees perspective. But this is the tough balance because on the one hand you have profit pressure going into, you know, wading into the broader economy, but you also have the Fed weighing on that profit pressure by raising rates and wanting demand to slow. Um, that's never a good scenario for companies because yeah. they're now not getting the boost from inflation anymore, you know, inflating overall revenue, but you're not getting a boost from the Fed anymore because you have monetary and fiscal policy working against you. Um, so I think that just sets us up for a tougher environment. And we'll Tough probably see that in third quarter earnings, right. um, profit margins under pressure in, in the near term. And yeah, I know you were looking term. at corporate profits and that's an important point, Yeah, you know? So we'll likely get 75 basis points, and then we have two, 75 or yeah, 100, we'll right? And then we have two more meetings after that, and the goal is still 4%, right? Around, yeah, and we'll get so, an update from their okay. from their projections at this meeting, right. which is, again, that's the important part. Nice to yeah. see you, Thanks, Kevin, Nicole. on Good a Monday. I always love that Kevin's able to join us here to set up our trading week. Kevin Gordon, Senior Investment Research Manager, Charles Schwab. Thanks for being here.